0: Welcome
1: to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast, powered by Go Tennis. Check out our calendar of Metro Atlanta tennis events at letsgotennis.com, where you can also find deals on equipment, apparel, and members get 10% off our shop. So get yourself an Atlanta Tennis Monsters shirt before everyone else does. I've got mine, and I wear it all the time. In this episode, we're sharing our live, at the time, conversation with Luke Jensen from the Championships Wimbledon 2023. Have a listen, and let us know what you think. Got to get up and check the camera. Is my May the Courts Be With You shirt too close to the camera?
0: <laughs> no, it's perfect. An extra extra shirt plug there. <laughs> up close and personal. Yeah. Thanks for understanding that, that this, uh, this gig is hard to do anything outside of uh, what I do just because we have so many matches going on and off and interviews. And it's a great gig. It's just... I, there are two friends of mine that were at the tennis today and I couldn't even get out to say hello and I'm sure it just gets crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what, one of the things I wanted to hear about is what it's like to be you on during Wimbledon. Cause you <laughs> cause the original plan was also for you to be coaching
0: at the same time. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I love, well, yeah. Unfortunately at horrible coaching, my player lost in the <laughs> last round of qualities to a player that she beat the week before, like a drum. Mm-hmm. But you know that's what coaches do—they screw up, they get fired, they get scolded. You got to come up with better game plans, man. Better game plans. Is that what it was? Was it a game plan problem? Uh, you know it's um. You know, the coach always has to take the hit. Game plan problem. Always a game plan problem. Players are never wrong. Players win. Coaches lose. Oh. Uh, it was just a it was just a hundred thousand dollar miss. But outside of that, not worried. Yes. And that was to play a lucky loser to play another qualifier today. Oh, yeah. So, not a big deal at all. All oh, right, forgot one thing. Yeah, that's uh, – I saw the draw there, too, and I'm thinking, oh, that was a missed opportunity. Oh, right? It would have been unbelievable. And then, uh, yeah, and so thinking that- last year well, – I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, how does that work? So, like, I see – is it – Uh, Darren Cahill does a lot of that where he's commentating and coaching at the same time. Yeah. How do you you balance
0: that? They're super cool with that. So remember the, um, when you stop playing, you lose a lot of access. So the, uh, when you're playing, I started in 94 with ESPN and I had a lot of access because I'm in the locker room with everybody Mm -hmm. and it's Sampras and it's Chang and it's Courier, Agassi, everybody. I'm, I'm, Flying, you know, in Agassi's private jet and we're doing Davis Cup stuff. I mean, you can't get more locked in than a fellow player. And then right. once you retire, you can hang in there for a bit because you have access to all those guys because you played those guys. And then what happens is you get into that next phase where all the guys you played are now retired. And then you get into the what I call the Roger Federer phase, which is he was our ball kid when we played. So you get access that way because he remembers you and everything. Well, everybody that uh, remembered us when they were playing are now retired like Roger Federer. And then you got to go to the coaches who are now uh, coaching those guys and girls that you played against and stuff like that. So you you get certain access. But as soon as you start coaching – you're back in those players' lounges. You're back on those practice courts in those locker rooms. You're in the know every single week. So they they highly encourage like Pam Shriver's working with Vekic. Vekic beat Sloan Stevens today. Uh Kay Hill's out there. So um they they honestly they don't frown upon it at all. They make it work. So last year when we were in the main draw at Wimbledon, um Coco would you know, for the times that she had her practices. So a lot of it depends on the schedule and ESPN knows like, listen, if your player wants to practice, we're going to work around that. So, um, even though she was a lucky loser waiting to try to get in, um, my, the, the sweet spot for me is I work, I'll get there around, uh, Eight o'clock in the morning, and start doing all research, talking to coaches, talking to agents, talking to players, and you just watching everything you can to take in injuries. If someone's jacked up, any news, notes, any any nuggets that can't be found by the normal ways of press conferences and things, and then uh, you start going on the air. Uh, we have our first meeting at 9:30, and that's all hands on deck. That's Johnny Mac, Chris Everett. That's everybody is uh, what we did yesterday and what we can do to improve any stories, anything come up in our research over the last 24 hours that sets us up for today. And that goes to about 10 and then we all break off to our assigned positions. And for me, it's in a studio and uh, with this guy, Sam Gore, and we've been working together for years now and uh, we just start cranking out These are the matches that you're going to see today and talk about them and stuff. And then uh, once that finishes, we start getting into bringing in Chris Everett, John McEnroe, Renee Stubbs, you know, and talk about topics. Who's playing today? What's up? Um, a big one. We have so many Americans in it. We had 19 American women, 14 American men in the top, top uh, in the main draw. And that's just singles. That wasn't even all the doubles players and stuff. So we who's playing? Ben Shelton was obviously a big, hot topic. He went down today, unfortunately. But then we start hitting the matches and then talking about, especially during rain delays and everything, um, the hot topics, bringing in players for interviews, bringing in coaches. So we're pretty active. And then I just thought you and I were going to be able to t- kick off you know in that sweet spot when we're kind of done but it didn't happen we had so many storylines and stuff and it's uh it's a glorious job it really you'd love it it's it's the coolest gig to do because you're at the best tournament in the world the most historic tournament in the world people want to talk about it and uh it's super cool
1: well I thought that's why I thought it'd be fun to bring it home a little bit to bring it back to Atlanta to kind of know what that looks like because we get to see you on ESPN in studio but what that we just get to see that 20 minutes. That's really cool. Not yep. all the preparation, not all everything that goes into that from the 8am. And Jovi looked at me she's like, well, it's only nine o'clock there. It's not that bad. I said, but I don't know what time he started. Like if he's a guy that is similar to how he grew up, he knows he's only as good as how much work he's
0: putting into it. I'm guessing he's one of those first guys through the door. Yeah. You know, it, it really is an awesome opportunity to work with awesome people and, um, it's uh, to be honest, like research. Poor guy um, who's on the in the room underneath me because we get up super early. He doesn't get he doesn't get back till like one o'clock in the morning, and he does all the research. So until Andy Murray is done on center court and all the press conferences, he's got to compile all that stuff. And we get a packet. Let me see if I can find it. So this is this was just yesterday stuff nice. that comes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's loaded with every nugget first serve percentage schedule possibility, singles, doubles, mixed juniors, juniors qualifying started at Roehampton today. A lot of college coaches are over there recruiting the next superstar for their team. Mm -hmm. So it really is, they give you every opportunity to succeed. So my job specifically is to know my stuff, but how can I separate myself from everybody? And that's digging into notes that nobody else would kind of see or know. And it's beyond the notes, to be perfectly honest. It's knowing the, having the relationships with the coaches. And that's been huge coaching Coco Vanderway because I know last week's tournament and what happened in Berlin, what happened at Paris and watching it firsthand from the practice courts on down. And then you have, like the Chris Eubanks, he's playing tomorrow against Cam Norrie on court one. I mean, Chris didn't even know where to go for practice. He played qualies last year, but he never been, he he'd never been at the big W. So yeah. he he really didn't know and he needed like some help, like point that's where practice is, that's where the locker room is. Total rookie. And because you know, he uh played for my world team tennis team in twenty twenty-one. Uh, and I've known him because Georgia Tech. He's from Atlanta. Uh, I'm an Atlanta guy, so that is a huge nugget for me that other people would know. So he's going to walk on the court tomorrow, and I'm have an edge up on all the other analysts and things like that. So that's what they they want. ESPN wants that access and that kind of intel, and uh, and that's right up my alley. I love finding a nugget that nobody else would have, and um, and they encourage it, which is great.
1: Yeah, I would think so. And that's why the the interesting question of how do how do you balance that? I can only guess ESPN would want the most up to date in the know
0: people to be part of that. Yep. But that
1: also means you're going to have another you're going to be coaching. you know, coaching.
0: Yeah. You
1: get that.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, you got to be winning for your you know your player and they've got to be winning and staying relevant. I mean, it's you look at. Uh, like Darren Cahill, he's he's coaching Center, a top ten player, a possible like a favorite to hear, win here. That is massive because I mean I'm coaching a qualifier. He's coaching a, a player who's playing on center court Wimbledon. I mean when they start having matches, he can talk. You know, there's a little dip over here, or the court's playing slower, or we're they were honestly out there hitting with Djokovic on I think it was Friday or Saturday before the tournament started that's a huge advantage. And, um, to, to listen to what, you know, is going on at center. We're all, kind of, I mean, you have to, all of us in these meetings are listening to all that Intel that we can bring to our matches and to our stuff. So it's, it's really is incredible to do it. I, this is, uh, my 39th Wimbledon. I started in 84 here as a junior player and then as a, you know, men's player and singles, doubles and mixed. And then, As an announcer and legend, I played Legends, and I'm an alternate for the Legends this year. So it really is unbelievable.
1: How do they do that Legends tournament? Is that, I'm interested? Do you actually have to qualify? I mean, do they they
0: care how good you are, or is it just your personality?
1: How do you get into that?
0: It would be pretty cool if they had, like, qualifying and everything, because you would really (laughs) see. You could actually still
1: be able to play, right?
0: Yeah, no, it would be unbelievable. You'd see guys in shape, like, going for (laughs) it. And so it's a really good paycheck. And it's not as good, obviously, as the main draw or anything, but still a good paycheck for dinosaurs like us. But um, so they'll send out invitations, invitational. So it will be, uh, you know, men's doubles. And then you'll have mixed and they may pay you, pay, pair you up. But you are actually invited. So um, in the years past, when we were just off the tour, Murphy and I got invited a ton. And then um, once you get 60, you're out. Now only, I mean, this is labor. This is uh the greatest of all time once you get 60 you're not invited anymore they you know they go for the younger guys but only um the Bonsur Brahmi only the great magician Mansur Brahmi has been allowed to come back because he is the greatest show on earth yeah. as far as tennis and the fans want him yeah. and so it's a it's a it's an exO but it's you're playing for money and it's kind of serious but it's funny because in these old guy stuff everybody, <laughs> you you say, listen, I've got a bad knee and I, I can't run for a drop shot. Okay. Okay. We won't hit you drop shots. Or I won't go back for a lot. You know, you don't want to embarrass anybody, but everybody knows everybody's like, you know, injuries and stuff like that. And everybody gets injured. You know, you're not used to playing two out of three sets three days in a row or four days in a row. And um, so it, it's a lot of fun to see your mates again, but Wimbledon invites you. And then because we're here for media, you'll say, Hey, I'm here. I'm an old dog. I got a full thing of Advil on me. So if you do need an extra guy, I'm Adviled up and I'm ready to win.
1: I like that. That's a lot of fun. Cause that's, yeah, it's just, Hey, I'm here. I'm always the guy you
0: yeah. can call if you need me. And I'm, I'm Be available. ESPN's yeah. got plenty of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some, some of the guys, you know, they don't want to play, you know, they're, they're too, like Johnny Mac, he covers ESPN. He's got BBC. He's got every tennis. No, he doesn't do tennis channel. But he, I mean, he'll do. He does everything. So it's he will get on the court from time to time. But I haven't seen him in this draw.
1: Hmm. Yeah, in that case, it's just a priority thing. There's just too Hmm. much, too much to do. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's good. He'd he'd clearly win everything because he's Johnny Mac. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he is Johnny Mac. The only one who trumps him is Roger Federer, who has his own day. And he's invited to the Royal Box by Princess Kate. So that. it's a cool gig to be. Ro- I got this actually out of Roger Fetter's locker. He wasn't using it. And it was easy to spot his locker because it has eight trophies on it. It's like, wow. oh, that's Roger's. You know, look in. There's some shoes, some brackets. I just needed a sweater today. He's not going to miss it. I'll get it back tomorrow after I dry sure. clean it. Sure. Dry clean it and then write sign it for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sign it for him. Yeah. Yeah. a Fed, you know, just to let you know, I owe you one. I'll get you, you know, get you. We'll go out for tea sometime. Yeah. (laughs) For the, exactly. That makes Uh, me you
1: talk about the eight trophies. That makes me think of of, a visit to um, Serbia. I had where I got to go to the restaurant that Nova, that Novak owns or something.
0: Oh, so cool.
1: Have you been there? No, no, I gotta go. It's neat. You walk up and there's just this, statue of him and the armor and it's you know I think dude's like six three or something but this statue's like six eight it just makes you feel small when you walk in. It's got a little sitting area
0: with all the trophies everywhere. No way. That's where all the trophies are yeah. Yeah I'll tell you that's a risk. You think about that, right? You got 23 of the big boys and then all the thousands, you know, and it, I, I just can't imagine all those I, what number he is that total titles but I know like Sampras has a room in his house and then the be- the best collection of all time I just saw Andre's but um putting Steffi's Steffi's 22 I think she has 22 and then Andre's I think he has seven or eight mm. that's pretty impressive mm. that that's a that's a trophy collection mm-hmm.
1: I got my little one from when I won that chess tournament when I was nine I got that one. Hey,
0: hey, that's, you know what? Dr. Spock right there, baby.
1: I got a trophy for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. It's less time dusting. Uh, but
1: yeah, the, the, the Serbia trip, it, it's worth it to see, the, to see that room. And that was, I went with that, 2017. So there's got to be a few more in it. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. So done.
0: is it the same place that his parents owned, or is this his own place? No, this is his
1: place. Wow. So the the story, if I remember right, is they sold their restaurant to fund oh. playing tennis, right?
0: business? That? I, I could be. I I don't know that detail, but the uh, he's a he's a special dude, and uh, it's unfortunate that he is very polarizing. People I today people come up. I'm just he's just not my cup of tea, and uh, but I, I just think he's in the shadow of titans of. It doesn't matter how many he wins, he will never be Fetter and he'll never be Nadal. And you know what? That's okay. You know, you know Serena's got her own, you know, base. But uh, I just respect him so much. He is committed so much to his nutrition, his uh, flexibility, his training. He goes on vacation after winning 23 in France and he still works out. He's still, that's just his jam, man. He just knows. He's got to keep the body limber and got to keep it going. He doesn't have to be playing tennis every day, but he definitely needs to be working out every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's – what's the – from a Novak point of view, that was going to be the thing that I thought about, which is, okay, is he the greatest of all time? Everybody has that conversation, and that's a fun thing going on right now because the numbers say it's Novak, but it isn't just numbers. It's also that love, that appreciation. And he's like you said, he is a little polarizing because there is he's made a few mistakes and he's upset yeah. some people and hit people with ball, you know, tennis balls and you know, so yeah. things happened in his career that have he never had that almost
0: crisp, clean career that that Rafa and Roger were really able to pull off. He had to fight. Remember, he didn't win his first major until he was twenty-one, and then there was like a huge like upswing. He had to sort through some things physically. He had trouble, he had default matches and things he like was that because of his breathing. Early, yeah. Yeah. And that he was the first guy that I remember, and I'd never heard this word before. Um, but the gluten deal. I yeah. was like, gluten? I, what what is gluten? And he was the first guy that that I had ever heard before Brady and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And um that he locked in on all that nutritional, that science, that blood work and things. But uh I, I just think you got the you got the popular vote and that's always going to be Roger followed by Rafa. And that's great to be the popular vote, but the reality is you get the goat by the electoral college. That's like winning the numbers. That's just how you win across the board on all the majors. And then you start digging deep into head to head matchups and the thought, I mean, just, he will break out outside of, I mean, he he's got a chance at the Australian to be perfectly honest. He's got, I think ten there. He's got a chance to break Rafa's fourteen at one major. I mean, it's an outside shot, but that would answer (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but he left a lot on the table in the sense where he's missed two U.S. Opens because of COVID. He wouldn't take the the vaccine, and it was funny. He's kind of proven right, which is kind of interesting because you know it's such hype around that and. You know, a lot of us had to do, I had to do it if I wanted to work for ESPN, but he didn't, he stood by his, you know, his principles and everything. And, and then he hit the one, that one year in 20, when he hit the lines person at the U S open in the throat, he was undefeated that season. He was going to win that year. So that's three Mm -hmm. Australia um, last year where he, you know, kind of that COVID thing. So that's four, (laughs) you know, he's going to win at least two of those. Yeah. So that puts him at 25. I mean, the, du- the dude's a beast. Bavrinka's has already said, I'm not beating the guy. Bavrinka just said, listen, I'm not. This is Stan Bavrinka who's won three major titles, one of the best backhands, if not the best backhand, in the history of the game, who can hit through players. He's saying, listen, I want to be competitive, but I'm not winning here. I'm not winning. I'm not beating the guy. That's insane. He's, they, right, I mean, you look at the head-to-head, it's 26 Novak. So, I mean, I understand, but to come out and just say it, is it a, is it a disguise? Is it a, is it a false flag deal where you're just like, yeah, I'll get in his head that I'm not even going to try and then go red line and go for a winner.
1: Well, you just admitted it at some point, but as a tennis coach, as a coaching type as, as I am, and, and you can understand this as well, where you want your player to really believe. You have to yeah. actually believe that this is going to be the greatest upset of all time, if, if that's yeah. what you think it needs to be. But I think what Stan's pointing out is, I'm going to have to
0: hope he breaks his ankle. Because I just I, I, be. I think it's reverse psychology, to be honest. I mean, you, oh, you Stan Bavrinkin knows if he plays his best tennis, he can beat anybody. So why, why go out and say, yeah, you know, I've got a shot to win. You know, if you saw the last dance with Michael Jordan, he, he manufactured reasons to get mad at opponents, to get motivated. The last thing Novak needs is a guy like Stan going, you know what, you know, I could take a shot at him. You know, I feel pretty good and pretty confident. I think he's going reverse psychology saying that I have no shot. I don't even know if I'll even walk on the court. I'll be in, I'll probably get his autograph, ask him for his jersey, you know, just – suck up to that guy, sneak out the first set, by the time Novak kind of figures it out with his head, maybe a break in the second, get up two sets to love and then it's a then it's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. I got a, shot. a chance. Yeah. Exactly. So uh no, no I don't yeah. think so. No chance. No chance. No <laughs> I'm chance. with I'm with a drink
1: on this cuz I also I've met Serbians and then obviously not all Serbians, you have to point that out, right? I've met Serbians. Yeah. These guys are strictly brutal. They do yeah. not care if you know you're going to lose, if you think you're going to win. They don't care. You're going yeah. down.
0: Yeah, yeah it's Ivan yeah.
1: Lendl. It's the Yvonne Lendl
0: type. I don't care. you yeah.
1: in the face with a tennis ball to win yeah. this match
0: because you're yeah. better. Than you. Give yeah. me your face. Come here. It's just business. It's just yeah. business. nothing personal, you know. Yeah. Give me your face, and I'm going to wipe it off the planet.
1: This is a million bucks. And if I can't do it with the rocket, I'm going to do it some other way. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love it. All right. So I don't, I know you got a, you got a lot of research to do, but I really appreciate the time. Do you have, and you're a little more keyed in maybe on the women's side, because you have some of that access, but do you have picks? Do you have picks for this year? Can I, can I ask? I'll tell you. you It's hard to pick
0: favorites. Yeah, it's, to me, Djokovic and, and the rest of the field. It's, it's really, do you pick Djokovic or the field? Mm. Al Gorez, if you watch the movie Maverick, and early on in that movie, he crashes his test plane or something like that, and the admiral is telling him that, you know, your, your kind is done. We're going the drones, unmanned aircraft. Um, and he goes uh, to the admiral, you're probably right, but not today, not today. now. And, and it was at the French open in the semis. And it was like one of the matches, everybody on the planet who follows tennis had to watch is Alcaraz ready to take that step. You're going to beat, you know, there's no Nadal. Can he beat Djokovic and Djokovic was like Maverick. Like you are the future. You're, you're right, but not today. Not yet. yet. Not (laughs) yet. And I just get, listen, You got got to admire Alcaraz. The dude loves the sport. He loves the train, plays with a smile on his face. This guy's incredible. But he he won Queens. Really good effort. Anytime you win Queens, it's a sign of the future that you're going to win and you're ready for a grass court run at Wimbledon. Um, He looked great in his opening round. Uh, The guy's a beast, but not yet. I got It's it's Djokovic plus the field. I'm taking Djokovic. Like how do you bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? I'm sorry, one game. You know, I don't think so. So I, I'm going with Djokovic there. I'm not even going to risk it. And then um, on the women's side, it's it's interesting. Frytek is looking good on grass. She uh, she won the juniors here, and you'd think she'd be better on grass, but she's got that severe Western forehand grip. But the thing that concerns me, she relies so much on her speed and her coverage. And that means you got to feel comfortable on the grass. And, and the grass is tricky because the first week it's lush and it's green and it can get slippery. And we've seen players slipping. Serena slipped, Venus slipped the other day. Um, and it happens on the surface the first week. Uh, the second week, it's almost like a dirt track. Good, firm bounces, good, firm footing. And you got those those little spikes, those little nubs on the bottom of your shoes, the grass court shoe. And so you're going to get extra traction. If she can get to that second week, uh, you look out. But Sabalenka is a big power player that has no problem playing the, the garros in Switek. And um, the defending champion, Rob Akina, she won today. And uh, I like her poise. We lost to her last year, first round, Coco Vanderwey we had opportunities, but she was a cool customer that can hit big on both wings and serve big first and second serve. Um, I just, I just have a feeling it's Sabalanka's tournament. I don't know why, but, but she, uh, she lost in the semis of the French. And I I just think she has, she's matured where the serve's not going to be a problem on that second, where she has double fault issues, but She has a big smile on her face. She wasn't allowed to play last year. Remember, the Russians and the Belarusians were not allowed to play. Mm -hmm. And she, all the Russians and the Belarusians that have played so far and had interviews have been very gracious in the way the the crowd has embraced them. And I thought it was was a weird take because it was nothing personal against those players. It was just this weird global event that happened that they were caught in like the – you know, the wake of this tragic global war, the global, I'm sorry, this conflict that turned into a global situation of whose side you're on. And they just got caught up in it. The fans never, they love Medvedev. They love Sabalenka. And, um, but they came out and said, Hey, I really wasn't sure how it was going to be received out here. And when the crowd right from the start, they walked on the court, you're a champion. We love the way you play. Um, and they smiled and they're relaxed. Sabalenka, uh, she's really good. And um, when she gets on a roll with that serve and the plus ones and stuff, she's a rough customer. Well, the Russians are allowed to play as long as they were born in Kazakhstan,
1: right?
0: Oh, well, that was, that was <laughs> last year. That was that true, true. And you know, I mean, that, Kazakhstan sponsored a lot of those guys. So they yeah. they all that oil money up there in that country <laughs> said, you know, Russia is not going to give you money. We will just wear our flag and represent us and things like that. So was, how about talk about ironic how they block all the Russians and Belarusians and a, a girl who lives in Russia played and, you know, play, you know, all that stuff ends up winning it. It's yeah. just Weird karma, huh? Weird karma. Yeah. It's
1: like Sharapov from Florida, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, next time we do this, I want to talk about that full Western grip, because as you're mentioning, yeah. being a weakness on grass, which I would expect it to be, except I'm going to say Fritz last year and Barrett Barrettini the year before. I mean, we've got some players out there, even um, who's the big Russian guy. I call him uh, uh, Karen McSafinoff. What's no, the, is it Rublev? I'm thinking Hatchinov. Or Hatchinov. Okay, he's I another think. big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we got these guys that are 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six that have that full Western grip that somehow can play on grass. And I just – they never have to hit a volley. You know, you yeah. watch some of these guys come forward and they look like me at the net.
0: It's just yeah, not good. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But we'll, have to, we'll yeah. have to dive
0: deep into that next time. We'll get into the technique for sure. I mean, remember, the first week of this turn it's the, it's the only – you know surface that is a living breathing thing so it changes from day to day the conditions have a lot to do with how it plays if it's a little rainy overcast dewy i mean it it just changes and then that second week when that grass kind of gets worn out especially on the baseline and the the grass is firm it ball sets up you just got to fight through that first week Mm. and um and then it's game on and that's why i think switek She can just somehow get to that second week round of 16 quarters. It'll be a different player, and then she can move better in things. Um, Tiafo has a weird, funky forehand. But uh, uh, real quick, yeah, but he's short backswing. You have a short backswing with that, you can get away with it early on. But um, Taylor Fritz lost today, and he was up two sets to love, and he lost to Emer from Sweden, and that's a devastating blow. He got to the quarters last year, should have beaten Nadal. And this is mm-hmm. supposed to be maybe a run for this tournament, so it's a, a setback for the American side here. Yeah, and is still in. I didn't. I didn't see who. Yep, uh, Tiafo won, won today. Ben Shelton lost today. Um, Tommy Stockholm, Paul, he won today. Um, God, I'm going down. There's so many Americans. It's great, yeah. and you just Porter, go down that list. Sebastian Coquard lost. Track. He Porter. lost. He lost the other day. Awesome. I, I'm almost sure he
1: lost the other day. Uh, I, I like that kid. I keep telling my son, you got to be six foot four lefty with a two handed backhand. Yeah. That, but if you look at the court, you look at these guys, they're six, five, you know, yeah, TFO yeah, yeah. aside TFO being that, yeah. that extra case, but they, they're yeah. six, five. They got that big serve. They can serve into the yeah. second week and then wait yeah. for the Western forehand to be able to play on the, on the clay courts of Wimbledon in the second week.
0: Right. Yeah. That's well. I wouldn't go as far as clay, but, I, but the thing is you want footing. And you need time, and you need a bounce, mm. and that's a Borg won five straight uh, finals in his sixth. Just because he got through that first week, was able to just figure it out, and then the ball started coming up to him, and that Western grip of his, which wasn't really a true Western, it was more like a Roger Federer kind of hybrid, probably Eastern, semi-Western, like semi, yep. semi, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, Daniel Collins lost today. Alicia Parks, Atlanta kid, uh, she, she lost today. She, I thought she, she won the first set and lost. But we just got a Amer- – Kennan. Kennan won today, and uh, she, she has a matchup with um, Sitalina, who um, was coming through the draw after having a child in October. So a lot of good storylines for us, huh? Really good. Yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't usually pick the Americans on the clay or the grass, but uh, <laughs> good to see well, you. they're, they're be- coming. So just, just for the, t- I don't know if you can see this, strawberries, Wimbledon strawberries. Oh, nice. It's good. Yeah, there you go. So ready, nice. to, ready to go to town on those
1: things. Enjoy it. I appreciate it. I'll see if I can get in touch with you next week. We'll try to do it again.
0: Whatever you need.
1: Well, there you have it. We want to thank rejuvenate.com for use of the studio. And be sure to hit that follow button. For more tennis-related content, you can go to atlantatennispodcast.com, and while you're there, check out our calendar of tennis events, deals on equipment, apparel, and more. And you should feel good knowing that shopping at letsgotennis.com helps support this show. You can also donate directly using links in the show notes. And with that, we're out. See you next time.